0: Warning! This episode contains foul language, mentions of murder and violence, and sound effects that may be startling to some listeners.
1: To Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, spooky, eerie, disturbing, frightening, and everything in between. Each week we sit down with each other from across the country and we talk about something weird. This week is a good one, folks. We are giving the people what they want. And honestly giving ourselves what we want because it is basically our favorite part of the podcast. We are bringing you Listener Ghost Stories. Listener Ghost Stories episodes. If you are brand new to the show, first of all, welcome. But these episodes are exactly what the title says. We read creepy stories submitted by you, the listeners, and stories we've received slash found through social media connections. Spooky tales about hauntings, alien encounters, hometown, true crime stories, you name it. So... Grab a fuzzy blanket, pour yourself a warm cup of tea, maybe light a nice autumn-scented candle to set the mood, mm-hmm. and settle in for a fabulous fright. My name is Lauren, and this is my co-host,
2: Ashley. Hi,
1: weirdos. Hello. Uh,
2: welcome to Listener Ghost Stories. Lady boo <laughs> Please, ma'am, ma'am, miss, madam, do not act like you have energy right now. Listen, I was trying to fake You're trying it. Trying I was to putting fake on a facade, for
0: sure, for sure, for sure. I'm, I, I gotta tell you, I mean, you know this. I'm on Struggle Street in Sleepy Town, USA, right now. <laughs> she I she is rallying for y'all today.
1: Wait, but I almost feel like we need to tell them our reasons because we were laughing this morning through text message at how opposite our, our reasons lives are for being. Different. Tired. Of- yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> So Ashley had a Sunday fun day, as, as she Sunday should. a Sunday fun day, just like, with, you know. With her fiancé, mm-hmm. living the dream. Living she the dream. Was...
0: I ate so much barbecue. I, like, overindulged oh, yes. in everything. I ate so much food that I was miserable. And I drank a good amount of beer. Not a lot. I didn't get drunk. Good amount of beer. I ate some other stuff that made me feel things. And, <laughs> <all we'll> <laughs> and about I woke that up on, at 7 a.m. to go to work. And I was like, no. No, this can't be real. And then you're tired because
2: of a I'm real reason. <laughs> um,
1: no, stop. It's they're all real reasons. But mine is because I am potty training it's that time. my toddler. And I hate it. I was telling, I, yeah, I hate it, first yeah. of all. But I was also telling Ashley, I feel bad because I feel like every time somebody has asked me how I was doing in the last week, I've just been insufferable. Like nobody wants to talk to me because I'm just talking about poop and pee coming out of a three year old little boy. Nobody cares. And our listeners might not even care as they're <laughs> listening to this. But to those of you who are parents, which I know we actually have a decent amount of parents that listen to us, how did you do it? How did you potty train and not lose your mind? Because I had five nervous breakdowns last week. But um, Yeah, if
0: you have any tips for Lauren, send them in. I'm sure she'd love to get them. Please,
1: because we're a week in today, like we're recording today on a Monday. This marks a week, and he has made progress. He's gotten there, but so many people online were like, we did three days. And then my child just understood it. We moved on and life was great. And I'm like, it's a weekend and he's still peeing.
0: I'm sure your child always latched onto your nipples when (laughs) uh, it was time to breastfeed and
2: And slept through the (laughs) night when they were a week old. Shut the (laughs) fuck
1: up. I, you left the hospital after three hours because they were pregnant.
0: <laughs> I have so many. I have more friends who are parents now than, or, or very soon to be parents now than I have friends that aren't. And Isn't that weird? It's wild uh, for me, especially as a person who's like not planning to have them... Yeah. soon for sure yeah maybe ever but i ran into a couple friends this weekend i i grabbed some drinks with my good friend natalie langenfeld which you guys have probably heard her name before yes. and her her brother adam as well was at the bar and somehow it came about that adam's wife had a picture of their son's daily like the poop he took in his diaper <laughs> that day because it was so massive and of course <laughs> i was like well i gotta see this poop and i saw it and i was like holy shit that's a big poop and then no, Adam was, was like, baby. "Well, actually, I have another picture that I got to show you. Then, if you like, if you like that poop pic, here's another poop pic." <laughs> so he pulled out his phone. He's like, "Look at this!" And it was like a human. It was like a human man-sized log in this little oh, yeah. training toilet. And I was laughing so hard because I was like, "You guys have pictures of poop on your phone." Blah 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 blah. And then Natalie just like very silently grabs her phone. She's like. Yeah, I got a picture of Cash's poop. Hold on, <laughs> I
2: was like, "Oh my god, being a parent is so weird." It's, it's the weirdest because so weird. I was
1: I was literally sitting here thinking, while well, you've been telling the story. I definitely have a picture of oh, Wilder's sure. poop on my phone right now because his very first one on the potty, which is a big deal. Huge again, deal. for any parents listening, like the pee is one thing that's very exciting, but when they poop in the potty, you just are like, yep. "Wow, we have done it." Poop party! Time. I took a picture of it because I was like, "Alex or I could have produced this." Like. Is this an adult? And he, this is so <laughs> gross, but I don't even care. Whatever. He even looked at it and he goes, mom, that looks like an elephant. And I just <laughs> crumbled to the ground because I was like, like he yeah, was does. even shocked by it. And he thinks it looks like a huge animal. <laughs> I can't. I don't want to give just, him it's, a, it's-
0: a poop complex, but at the same time. Maybe yeah. you got big poops. I don't know. I just feel like small things have big poops because my cats are the same way. Where sometimes they'll be like, who, who did this? Did a man break into our house and take a, a shit in
1: and squat it? In the
0: litter box? You guys weigh <laughs> less than 10 pounds. Why? Why is your how, shit this big?
1: How did you produce a man sized poop in your tiny little litter box, you kitten? It doesn't make any so,
2: sense. So. So good times had by all, and here we are. We feel good, and we're fine. To keep it weird. Hi. Hello.
0: Today is one of your all-time favorite episode topics, and as Lauren said, ours too. We freaking love Listener Ghost Stories episodes. I'm very happy to bring it to you. I'm not going to lollygag anymore, no more poop talk, so I just want to remind you <laughs> <laughs> that the, the way we produce this show is by taking donations at www.patreon.com slash podcast. So if you like us, if you like what we do, and you want more of it, please consider donating. Please. Also, if this is your first Listener Ghost Stories episode, you may want, some people prefer, some people don't care, you may want to grab a set of headphones so you can hear what I'm about to do to this.
1: She puts on the best Put sound effects show. you've ever heard. Like okay, I don't know that don't like pump it up. No, I know. I, I, I shouldn't pump it up it. too high because then you'll get insecure <laughs> about it. But I only say that because you should be proud as well. People constantly write in after we send these episodes out and they say, like, wow, love the episode was made even creepier
2: by the sound effects. I'm just saying, like, you are good at what you do. Thank you so much. We did not talk about this. We're so good at our jobs. We're um, do, who? Yeah, how many stories do you have? Oh yeah, I have four. I have five. So I'll go first, and then oh yeah, we'll you all should today. go first so that you can. Yeah, I
1: I did have five, but one of them is pretty long, so I decided to cut down mm-hmm. to four because it's okay. like one long one, and then the rest are like small, medium-ish. So.
0: I actually have a couple shorties. It's not like that last Listener Ghost Stories episode we did where somehow we were like, so every one of our
2: stories is a page. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I know. I don't know how that happened.
0: So for my first story, this story comes in from someone who preferred a fake name and I forgot to make one up. So we're going to call them Juniper. Juniper Shrek. Juniper Shrek. Thank you for (laughs) writing in. Juniper Shrek shared this story, and I was very much so enamored with it because it is literally a scene from a horror movie. So, Oh, good. Juniper Shrek says, I worked at a mental hospital right there, right off the bat. Oh, great. This next line makes it even worse. I worked at a mental hospital that had previously been a (laughs) tuberculosis sanatorium at the beginning of the 20th century
1: okay all right
0: i know that is the most cliche shit ever but the stereotype came from somewhere amen if you look at mental hospitals in colorado you can find it but i prefer not to triangulate myself smart fair weird stuff happened pretty frequently at the hospital to some extent that's to be expected when you have patients suffering from psychosis and such but some stories couldn't be adequately explained by that for example, I worked with teenagers and my sister wing worked with children. Several of my coworkers had kids come out of a specific room in the middle of the night asking staff what they wanted. Every time the child told them they'd been woken up by someone calling their name. It was always the same room and happened repeatedly with totally different patient cohorts. For example, like one child couldn't have simply told other kids they had had an experience in that room because they had never met the kids that had previously stayed in that room yeah the main admin building also had weird reports back in the day the basement had been the morgue and there were claims that there was an incinerator down there for bodies a couple times police and fire had shown up saying they received a call from the building in the middle of the night none of the staff had any idea what they were talking about I was told that they were able to trace the call to the basement, which should have been impossible since there were no longer any working phones coming from down there. There's still a phone line, but like there was there were no phones, like you couldn't have made
2: there was a no call. way to make that call. Okay.
0: Whether that part is true, I don't know. What I do know is it seemed more believable after my experiences there. Normally, I worked during the day, but one time I worked a double, so my shift ended at 11.30 p.m. There was a TV-slash-DVD player AV cart thing that we occasionally borrowed from the admin building so we could show movies to the patients, but it had to be taken back when we were done for safety reasons. So at about 10 p.m. that night, I started wheeling it back. Once I got to the admin building, I had to take an elevator to the upper floors to put the cart back where it belonged. It was already creepy, most of the lights in the building were off or turned down very low. There were some people working since we took admission overnight, but it was still a lot quieter than normal. The elevator itself is one of the really old-fashioned ones with a cage and everything. It's partially modernized, but a lot of it was from the original building. I got into the elevator with my cart, hit the button for the third floor, and waited. However, instead of going up, the elevator went down. It stopped at the basement and let out a ding, but the doors never opened. It just sat there with me in the cage and the doors outside closed. In the basement, in a mostly abandoned building that was rumored to be haunted.
1: Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye, life. (laughs) Goodbye, soul. Absolutely (sighs) not.
0: Then it just took me back up to the third floor and everything was normal. I know it doesn't sound that scary, really, but
1: Uh, (laughs) honestly,
0: that 15 seconds or whatever while I was hitting the button to go back up seemed like they took for fucking ever. I was sure the doors were going to spring open any second and show me a corpse or something. After I got back to my building, I told my coworkers about it, and apparently I was not the only one who had the elevator take them on an unexpected field trip. I never worked there at night again. Bonus story. Bonus story. Sometime after this, I was working a shift with the partial hospitalization kids and had taken them to dinner in the cafeteria, which is, surprise, in the same spooky admin building. I was watching everyone when I saw one of the kids hide under a table. I couldn't tell who it was, but I spent a lot of time with these kids, playing with them, being a confidant, etc. So I went to sneak up on the one under the table and surprise them slash make sure they, were, they weren't getting up to any trouble. I did the stereotypical boo and popped under the table only to find no one there. There is no way they could have gone anywhere else without me seeing them. The table was separated from where everyone else was by quite a ways, and everyone was accounted for when I stood up and checked at the table where all the kids were eating.
2: <sighs> Juniper Shrek! So <laughs> Juniper Shrek. Juniper Shrek, oh, how my gosh. dare you?
1: Also, you described it so well, saying that it felt like something like right out of a horror movie. Because even when you were setting the scene of like I was wheeling the TV I was back, wheeling the I'm TV just TV
0: tray. It's like okay, I've seen this.
1: Yeah, I could just perfectly picture that scene in my mind. On this dark, abandoned, <laughs> quiet hospital hallway, in the old and the wheels are like
0: elevator with the the fucking yeah. cage and no, oh, those absolutely, cages. Not. they're just
1: asking for trouble. The
0: cages oh, are asking gosh. for ghosts. Because you're not going to have a cage unless it's an old building.
1: Exactly. So you know
2: there's history. You know there's probably some weird-ass energy. It's just – it's a lot. That was spooky. Very spooky. And another weird thing with Juniper
0: Shrek's story came about afterwards when we were discussing it. Because they said, you know, their family's very sensitive to strange happenings. So they've had a lot of weird experiences that they can't quite explain. But that this one in particular stood out to them because they had actually forgotten about it until they read a question specifically asking night shift workers what the creepiest thing that had ever happened to them was. And they were like, hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, wait, yeah. Oh my gosh. So oh. <laughs> it's weird that they had forgotten about it because it was absolutely terrifying. So
2: you'd right, think that it, it would be, like, them that bad.
0: burned into their brain. So I wonder if it's a moment where, like, the brain is protecting you from a memory, almost exactly like a form it. of, like, repressed memories.
1: Yeah, it's repressing it so you don't stay traumatized. It was, yeah. yeah, it was standing guard. And then they hear, you know, about that story and say, oh, yeah, I also was stuck in the elevator and it was the worst. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, thank you so much, Juniper
0: Shrek. Thank you for letting us tell your story. And I hope that you, you enjoy your
2: New nickname. Yep. Juniper Shrek. We love you. Oh, so much.
1: (laughs) Uh, Okay. I'm going to start with one of my shorter ones. I was like, I'll save. Maybe I'll do the longer one next. We'll see. But this user on Reddit, who I was chatting back and forth with for a bit, wants to remain anonymous as well. Didn't ask for a fake name, but now I kind of like this game instead of just saying anonymous. (laughs) Um porcupine frank porcupine frank thank you so much for writing in porcupine frank says i was camping at a friend's family property with a group of my friends they had a huge dingy shop full of old tools and old furniture that was super creepy dirt floor clown paintings in the loft all kinds of gross stuff we stayed up late drinking by the fire and i was the last one awake went to go pee on the side of the shop and stood about five feet away just looking inside through the window. There was a fluorescent light on and I noticed what looked like a piece of paper or dollar kind of floating around. Mm. I thought it was a moth at first, but it was moving in a very flowing figure eight pattern that was quite rhythmic. It reminded me of dangling a carrot, if you will. I watched it for maybe 20 seconds, which felt like forever in my heart. Then it quickly floated back to the corner of the shop where it was dark and I couldn't see anymore. There was also a wood chair near the corner that added to the creepiness. I'm still not sure what I was looking at in there. It could have been a moth, but I really don't think so. I sat back down by the fire to finish my beer and have a smoke. No one else was awake at this point, so I sat down and decided to play Robot Unicorn Attack 2 on my phone for a while. (laughs) I noticed my friend Mark pop out of his tent to pee, and then he just went back to sleep. I decided, well, sleep sounds pretty good, so I went to my tent and fell asleep as well. The next morning, we were having breakfast and Mark said, Hey, I saw you guys sitting by the fire super late, how How late did you guys all end up staying up? I told him, uh, oh, it was probably 2 or 3 a.m. Then he said, who was up with you? Who lasted that long? No. And I told him, well, I was the last man standing. And he said, I got up to pee, I saw you on your phone, and two people were standing over your shoulder watching you play. Mm. He said one person looked bigger, so he thought it was one of our friends, who is a bigger dude. And he said the other person was really tall and pretty skinny. But none of us are noticeably tall or skinny. It freaked me out. We still camp at that property once a year, but I don't go anywhere near the shop, and I go to sleep whenever my wife decides she's tired. I still have no idea what was going on.
0: (laughs) I love that. It could be like 9 o'clock, and she's like, babe, I'm sorry, I'm tired. He's like, that's fine. Uh, Good, let's go. You
2: know what? It's okay.
0: We all we're gotta get some to sleep bed. sometime. Maybe we'll get an early start. How about it? Let's uh, go to bed.
2: <laughs> we're going to bed. We're definitely going to bed.
1: I know it only takes somebody God. saying, "Who were those two people looking Who, over your shoulder
2: you. uh, in the middle oh, of the gosh. night in the middle of the woods?" Uh, but, 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 and, what? And what was floating around in the shop? Because I agree, that... you
1: could like say maybe it was a moth, but I, I don't know. He seemed also pretty certain that it was like an unsettling yeah. like, thing you know it wasn't just like oh that's definitely a bug it was like that seems
0: like well that would else. be a big moth which yes they, they absolutely unfortunately exist i mm-hmm. i like love moths but i don't want them to touch me you know what i mean <laughs>
2: yeah, a we know
1: percent.
0: i've had a, a stressful past with butterflies and moths so yeah. i yes,
2: <laughs> you have. i have that is very fair
0: a history
1: Yep. But
0: it's you a- know, so I even get kind of freaked out and feel like we are living in a fucking matrix when you see a piece of like a leaf or a piece of trash or something blowing in the wind in a weird way.
2: Yes. Where you see it like go up all the and time. then come
0: down and then swoop around and then go. And I'm always like, okay, that is not a piece of trash. That is a
2: supernatural force or yeah. like There's it can't be. There's a spirit be. behind it or something. And that's
0: like in the middle of the day in public. So All I can't daily. imagine seeing even if it was a moth or a leaf or whatever and it was it had to do with like the the airflow in the the shop. Like it doesn't matter. I'm not having it.
1: Yeah, you're still freaked out and you're still a little on edge. <laughs> having it. Yeah, I agree. It's just it's an unsettling weird thing and you could tell that Yeah, he's peeing over by this building, looking in, already thinking like, man, the shop just looks weird. Like you have clown paintings on your wall. That's strike one. Yeah, strike, strike one through
0: 10 right there. Exactly.
1: Yeah, truly. That takes all the strikes. And then, yeah, then you see something floating around, which may or may not be a bug or some sort of creature, but you're just that rhythmic kind of flowing that he was talking about. It just, Unnatural. it's off-putting. It's weird. Yeah, it just, it doesn't feel right. So you could tell he was already a little unsettled, but he's like, whatever, let me play my unicorn attack game and get over it, <laughs> thinking the night is over everything's going to be fine now
2: only to have your friend say that he very very clearly saw two people looking over your shoulder yeah it was probably an event that he wouldn't have even
0: remembered the weird moth or dollar or whatever that thing was probably brushed it off yeah would have never thought of it again or remembered it had it not been for his friend uh, telling him that he had company the night before.
2: Well, that sucks.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I hate it and makes me... Uh, just another reason why I don't want to go camping anytime soon. You guys just keep really hammering it in for me. It's not I meant feel to be like my Every journey.
0: single Listener Ghost Stories episode, we have at least one story that takes place while camping. camping and... I uh, I know that I said I wanted to go squatching. Mhm. Can you do that indoors? Can you go squash <laughs> squatching and, and glamping simultaneously or we need some expert squatchers to write in? Can we Let do us this?
2: Know if we can
1: stay in a fancy <laughs> RV and go squatching. <laughs> I don't want to sleep on the ground. I don't want to
0: <laughs> sleep outside. I don't even want to be in an RV. I'm going to be honest with you. I want like a resort. Are there squatting Yeah, I do a camping resort.
2: <laughs> if if there's
0: near a resort. If, anyone if knows, that's an option well, for we the squashing, you
1: need to let us know. That's all we're willing to do at this point. Thank you. Yeah, please advise. So
2: much. Uh well, thank you, Frank. What did Porcupine Frank?
0: Porcupine Frank. You little spindly bastard. Little,
1: little stinker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. We
0: appreciate it. Um, I have a short one. My next storyteller is Maria from Australia. Lauren, please contain your excitement.
1: I will not do an accent. Don't you fear. (laughs) This one is
0: really short, but I chose this story because I have some thoughts that I would very much so like to discuss afterwards. Okay, great. So, Maria says... Almost 20 years ago, when I was young enough to still be living with my parents, I was sleeping in bed one night, and my cat at the time was sleeping on me, right up on my chest, her face facing mine. During the night, I woke up and saw a ghostly figure of an old woman standing over my bed, looking straight down at me. She had short hair, and her arms were straight down by each side. I can only describe the coloring to be like a brown scale or sepia photo. Which is interesting. Very. I looked up at her and I thought I was just dreaming. But then my cat hissed madly, dug her nails into my chest, turned her head around, and looked right up at the woman. This completely woke me up. I put my hand on my cat and her hair was standing up as she was still hissing. I started calming her down and freaking out at the same time. I stuck my head under my sheets and stayed there the entire night. I was completely skeptical before this and I have never experienced anything since, but I remember it clearly and I know what I saw. If it wasn't for the cat literally looking at the same thing and freaking out, I would have just put it down to a dream. A little bit about my dad's house. I believe it was built in the late 70s and possibly became a deceased estate in the early 90s. From there it was sold to one family and then acquired by my dad in 1999 and he's been there ever since. The old lady reminded me of my grandmother a little, but I don't think it was her. At the time, I knew I didn't recognize her, so I don't feel like it was any personal connection. Hmm. Wow.
1: First of all, Maria,
0: I commend you for ever sleeping again.
2: Um Seriously.
1: I would be like, oh, (laughs) I have
2: to move out now, and I need a new room to sleep in. I can only assume you have slept again,
0: or you would, I imagine, be institutionalized, but holy budging
1: crap. If you see your pet noticing what's going on, that's when you know that some shit just actually went down, because the animals are looking right at it. And for the cat, you know, to have the obvious fear set in and have the hair standing up on its back, that's so
0: And the thing is, cats can react like that. Not necessarily. I know some people will be like, it must have been evil. I don't buy that. My cats could hiss at me. They love me very much. But like if my cats are stressed out or scared or whatever, they'll hiss regardless. So that cat could have just hissed because it was
2: like, whoa, I didn't expect to see a stranger in the bedroom. Right. They looked behind and said, who the hell is that? (laughs) I just hate it when people
0: immediately are like, it was a demon and God is real. And I'm like, Um, Okay. Yes, also, we need
1: to defend yeah. that once again, because Gabby hissed and bit into my leg the hardest any you. cat ever could, but me and Gabby were also besties, but it was because I surprised her, and she thought I was hurting her sister, so
2: it yeah. was a thing.
0: So, one, do we all need to start sleeping with cats on our chests?
2: Yep. Guard thought cat. so. I need a guard and cat. And two... If this
0: isn't an argument that shadow people and sleep paralysis sufferers aren't just seeing hallucinations,
1: (laughs) yep, this is the moment.
0: Always chalks up nighttime slash half asleep slash seeing ghosts standing by your bed situations as either sleep paralysis or that you were dreaming, etc. But last time I checked, none of my cats have ever reacted to my dreams. Exactly. Or my thoughts, and you know I've tried
2: to talk to them telepathically. (sighs) Yes. You know I've tried. You know that you've gone for it. Um, Which leads me to believe there
0: absolutely was something Something. there, which of course has made me rethink all of the times I've woken up to see someone in my room and convinced myself that I was dreaming super 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 thank you so much maria from oh, australia oh my
1: gosh thank you for making us <laughs> question everything that happens in the night <laughs> cuz i
0: do i do know i do know that sleep paralysis can happen cuz it's happened to me and i yes, know that it was same. not a paranormal situation the time that it happened to me i didn't feel like I wasn't being abducted. It wasn't paranormal. I wasn't being held down by a demon. It is just something that happens. Right. And I have had it happen before where it's come along with a hallucination. So I know, I actually think I told you about it. So remember our past guest, Justin Foster? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one of time course. I was having sleep paralysis. And at the same time I was dreaming and he was in my dream. We were at uh, some uh, a coworker of ours um house. I've never I'd never been at. It. I made this house up in my dream, but I knew that that's where we were. And right. Justin sat down at a piano to like play uh, it, or like it was like a keyboard. He was sitting there like messing around on it. Well, I got sleep paralysis and I woke up, but I couldn't move, but I managed to open my eyes and he was playing the piano in my bedroom.
1: He was just putting on a show, show in the corner <laughs> it of it your- was fucking <laughs> insane. <laughs> Also, does he play the piano, or was that just a totally I don't like know. dream related? Maybe.
2: I should ask him.
1: <laughs> I like to think that he doesn't, and this was just this total yeah, just alter in ego, my dream of Justin. He does.
2: <laughs> just you know, tickling the ivories. <laughs> <laughs> but even though I
0: know those things, and I know that sleep paralysis happens uh, naturally without supernatural forces, I know that it can induce hallucinations. I still. Right believe people when they say no i was being held down yes or no there was someone in the room
1: yes there was absolutely someone there not a hallucination yeah, like we should because believe because i have
0: people. experienced it and i know what it feels like as opposed to actually I don't know. I I just feel like you'd be able to tell the difference.
1: I was about to say, I'm sure it's a totally different feeling. Whereas, you know, when you are having a hallucination, I'm sure it's surprising and feels a little, you know, creepy at first. But then you can sort of talk yourself out of it and get to that space Mm -hmm. of like, oh, this is a dream. I'm still in the dream. Okay, I'm loosening up my body a little. I'm able to move, you know, like you kind of can get out of it. I mean, at least that was my experience. I know everyone's different, but I'm sure – when it's actually something in your room, we're not exactly sure what it is, but there is some sort of presence, there is a much deeper feeling of dread and fear, and especially when you have a pet noticing it, you're like, this is yeah, fucking that's different. <laughs> wild. This is something existing in my room right now, and we don't know what it is. But yeah, I think it's okay to believe those people if they're like, listen, it was the most scared I've ever been. This was different than anything I've ever experienced. Like, I think it's something.
0: The thing about sleep paralysis is that when it's happening, it's terrifying. And even if you've experienced it time and time again, it never feels okay. Like, it's never like, this is just sleep paralysis. Like, no, it feels like you're going to die. Like, it's horrible in the moment. But when you can get out of it, when you kind of like unparalyze yourself, you're like, whoo, anyway.
1: Yes. And you you can can like move on. Yes, I correct. feel
0: like if you experience something else, it would you would have a lingering sense of fear or um, yeah, you'd be
1: thinking about yeah. it for a long time, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: as 100%. opposed to just like wow, that sucked. Anyways,
1: also, quick question. This is may yeah. this is a total side note, but speaking of sleep paralysis, the last couple of times I've had it, which were in like the last year or two years. I, my hallucination has been spiders coming down from the ceiling and I want to know if anybody else has experienced that. I know it sounds so specific and weird, but I, I did Google it after it happened the second time and there were a couple things of people saying they saw spiders, but not like a ton of forums talking about it. So I was like, oh, is, is this normal? Am I crazy? So I listeners write in if you have also had the spider sensation, because I was shocked to even find out that anyone had, but I just wondered how common it was.
2: I've read that bugs are are a popular hallucination yes. wall. While- I had I had seen the bugs too and that's the thing is I think
1: I'd even experienced like crawling bugs before but it was very obviously a dream in that moment where this one as you were just speaking about before with the spiders coming down that was a lot scarier where mm. it took me a longer Ugh. time to snap out of it and I was like oh it's about to land on my head and like eat my brains because I can't move and then as soon as eat the spider
2: like <laughs> my brains listen I know I'm dramatic,
1: but it it was getting really close. And in both times, it was like the spider was about to land right in between my eyes and I woke up. So I, again, I was just surprised that Google even had like two responses. So if any other listeners can relate, hit me up.
0: When you wake up from sleep paralysis, when you snap out of it, do you flail? Do you know what I mean? Like, do you jump
1: out of bed? You do? I don't. I I wouldn't say jump out of bed, but I, because I was trying so hard, like right before I'm like released, I guess, as Mm -hmm. I guess you could say, I feel like because I was putting pressure on my shoulders and my arms to try and move, I kind of like pop up. I don't necessarily jump out of bed, but my body kind of like jolts forward.
0: I always feel like I'm going to, I always feel like, oh man, when I snap out of this, I'm going to be like, and like, just like (laughs) explode. But it's not, it's usually just like. Oh, anyway like taking a deep breath <laughs> yeah uh-huh. like it's weird it's I, I i never i always think wow i'm gonna just punch joe in the face as he <laughs> sleeps like it's gonna be violent and it never uh, is well anyways <gasps> My goose is in my yard, guys. We have two geese, so hi goose. There's a there's a lake right down the street from our uh, house that we live in. House. Mm, I always almost say apartment, but bougie um, <laughs> bougie <laughs> af. There's a little lake right down the street that you can like see from our place. It's beautiful, and it's a home to a lot of like Canadian geese. Two of those geese have made our front and backyard and our roof uh oh, their roof. home. <laughs> and I think it's because we live kind of like in a cul-de-sac, so there's no like through traffic, there's not a lot of dangers here. No sure. one seems to have like dogs in the yard.
2: So yeah, every time
0: we name them Steve and Maria.
2: Oh, what a great ode to your <laughs> besties you left behind in Los Angeles. Very good friends, Steve and Maria
0: Lakioma, who you guys know. And uh, Did you yeah, tell so, them
1: that you named them after them? Well, this?
0: it was their idea. Oh. <laughs> okay,
1: Joe was talking to them and was that like, is very here are our
0: brand. geese. They live that's, here. And they were like, you should name them Steve and
2: Maria. And we were, so, okay.
0: No, So now every time I see them, it's you know Steve, Steve Maria. or Maria.
2: Okay. Well, then you
1: have to promise me if a really derpy one shows up that it's named Lauren
0: absolutely i will <laughs> just like missing feathers and yes. like the one that's like struggling shaped. a
1: little bit but yeah. you want to still kind of give it a hug like, like you're did trying you ever your see, best like
0: happy feet <laughs> yes. it would be the mumble of geese <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh that's me tap dancing yes. down the street i
2: would be okay i like yeah. it
1: well typical us, we're going to go totally on theme, but not story wise, name wise, because I'm about to read a story submitted by a Marie, not Maria, but a Marie. I had a Marie write in, so I just thought I'm going to throw it in right after yours. And you just talked about Steve and Maria. I just like, it's all over the place. Hello, Marie, Maria, and
2: Maria. Maria, Maria. Your mommy always sounds to All
1: right, Marie writes us and. Growing up and visiting my great-grandmother's house, I used to play with two little girls on her front lawn all of the time. No. It's one of the very... (laughs) Ashley's already checked out.
0: Uh, I know where this is going. Goodbye. It's one of the
1: very vivid memories I have of being a small child. Every memory from my great-grandma's house was happy and carefree, and it wasn't until I grew up that I found out otherwise. My mother eventually told me that my, one of my great-grandmother's neighbors, a single mother, had drowned and killed her children uh. and then set their house on fire during some sort of psychotic break. This was shocking, and I had no idea. The way my mom described the two daughters who were drowned sounded exactly like the two little girls I used to play with. I thought about it for a while and then finally decided to tell my mom that I had played with two little girls at Great gra- at Great Grandma's house and they sounded like the two from her story. I can't remember their names to this day, but at the time I was able to say what their names were, the name of my friends that I played with in the front lawn. My mom looked at me strangely and then replied that those were indeed the names of the two little girls, mm. but it couldn't be right because they would have already passed away by the time I started coming over to play. We both just kind of had to shrug it off and continue on with our lives, confused as ever, chalking it up to coincidence. It was a few weeks later when I found out that my sister, who is 10 years older than me, actually DID play with the two little girls who were murdered. And they were definitely alive when she was playing with them, confirmed by other family members. The description was the same, the names were the same, and the timeline matched up for her to have been their friends. So all we can take away from this story is that my sister played with two little girls while they were alive, and I played with some version of them after they had passed. (laughs) I had some follow-up questions for her, of course, and was like, tell me more, Marie. (laughs) And she followed up saying that uh, everything seemed normal when she was playing with these girls. You know, they didn't look see-through. They didn't look ghost-like. They didn't float. You know, all these things we see in the movies. Like, they just looked like... Two normal girls. But she did say um, the only kind of strange things about them were they would always bring their own toys to play with. They would never play with hers. And they also would refuse snacks and they never wanted to come inside when she would say, you know, come on in. My grandma made a snack or my mom made lunch, blah, blah, blah. Um, They would say, no, we can't go. And they would just walk home. But that sort of seemed normal because they were like, hey, we have our own food and they would just go home. And... She wasn't able to remember when I asked if they ever touched hands or interacted physically in any way, because that was a big question. She was like, I don't think so, but I also don't fully remember. But overall, they just looked like two normal girls who would bring their toys over and play week after week as if nothing had ever happened. they didn't look like they had been in water. If we're talking about, you know, if they were drowned, if they looked the way they did when they died, they just they looked very real to her. And that's all she can really remember
2: wow creepy spooky scary (laughs) (laughs) and then you wonder
0: you know and then you go even further and you're like well did the little girls even know they were dead
2: i yes i wondered that as well wow marie well i mean you have that in common with lauren I, that's also what
1: I said to her. I was like, I had this exact moment. It wasn't until, you know, somebody told me later that a little girl lived upstairs in my childhood home that I had any idea what was going on. Because to me, I just had normal friends that came over to play. So it's bizarre, but happy to hear it happen to somebody else. And do
0: you ever, do you remember anything weird about the little girl?
1: No, not at all. No. And again, it's like, no, she wasn't talking about... Her death at any time, you know, Her like own my own timely only... death. <laughs> yeah. I just remember like playing with friends up in my room, normal friends from the neighborhood. So right. nothing sticks out as crazy. It's just too much to bear. <laughs> but anyway, thank you, Maria. Thank Marie, you, everyone. Marie. My if God. Mario would
2: like to write into Mario, us, Mario, do you have free. any stories? We
0: need your input. Well, this could be Mario. My next storyteller is Reddit user
2: Feed (laughs) Me (laughs) Ribs, and
1: I love your username. First, don't mind if I do. (laughs) If you're Mario, let us
2: know.
0: Yeah, please let me know if your name is Mario. I don't have to share that with the world, but I do need to know.
2: We, but they did.
0: They did want to promote the website com, which is a oh. boutique based out of the Midwest. She has the cutest clothes, shoes, accessories, dresses. It's very adorable and very affordable. And you know how much we love small businesses here. So remember to yes, check yes, yes. out shopoakleyrose.com and that's shop as in S-H-O-P. Oakley Rose is spelled O-A-K-L-E-I-G-H-R-O-S-E dot com. Uh, Make sure you shop there the next time you're looking to enhance your wardrobe and look fantastic.
2: Love to hear it. I will be shopping. Feed me ribs. And here we go. Feed me ribs. I live in a small town where a Civil
0: War battle took place, albeit a very small battle. My good friend growing up lived in the more uppity historical district that had all the pre Civil War era houses. I was super excited to be able to stay with him because they had a decent shed looking building in the backyard. All brick, one window. They had it renovated, put in carpet, a small bathroom, a kitchenette, and a small living area, and a full bed that pulled down from the wall. As an 11 year old boy with a Nintendo 64 and all night access, to a tv and snacks and being from a lower middle-class family i was pumped to this stay is legit. in it <laughs> the inaugural river boys 64 hideout obsessed we even painted a small sign saying that to hang in the window
1: <laughs> oh that's just little the little most clubhouse. wholesome yeah, news amazing. i ever did here <laughs>
0: All goes well for the start. We crushed Mountain Dew Code Red and snacks. We played Mario Kart and Mario Party as well as 007 for hours. TV as loud as we wanted, AC as cold as we wanted. We started to turn everything off and lay down to go to bed. Him and I just shared the full-size bed. Not long after we laid down, we started hearing what sounded like chains rattling. Not very loud, but not quiet either. Then came a low hum, like a dozen people softly humming a hymn. I have no idea how long it lasts, but being in so much fear, I felt like it was forever. We laid there not saying a word after it ended, both of us terrified. After a little bit, we start whispering about how we needed to get back to his house, literally flung open the door and just ran as fast as we could, and we ended up sleeping on his parents' floor that night.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: We told them about it. They heard nothing and they had no idea what it could have been. After being scared about it for a few days, we just kind of forgot about it. Cut to senior year, 2004, about seven years later. We had to do a report on the town's history from the Civil War era. We could choose any topic we want and write about it. I wrote about the fact that we had 32 saloons and two churches within five blocks of our downtown during the Civil War era, which I guarantee was a fascinating topic.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: There was a girl in class that reported about slave owners in our town. And one of the facts she brought up was that out of the 17 homes in the historical district, 16 of them had slave quarters. She had gone around town taking pictures of all the old slave quarters. One of the pictures that comes up on the PowerPoint is my friend's house, and there it was. What I thought was just a large shed that they had renovated was the old slave quarters. She had a picture of the front of the quarters, and there in the window was a sign that read River Boys 64 Hideout.
1: Oh. My golly gosh <laughs> I am
0: pretty sure my jaw hit the floor and I turned whiter than snow. It shook me to my core and that memory is seared into my mind.
1: Oh, of course. You will never go forget that.
2: Okay. Well.
1: I yeah, yeah that I, explains why there was an experience. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense.
0: Well, especially just like the fact that you almost heard stuff that was happening at the time at a different time. Like it didn't seem like nothing was trying to communicate with you. Nothing was like happening. It just sounded like kind of what would have been the sounds you might have heard had you had been there.
1: Sure. In that time period. It's like the the timelines were overlapping and you were hearing maybe the daily routine of something that was going on at that time, which is insane that is wild
0: especially the the humming of the hymn was right something that uh, I locked in on I think just because I feel like common
1: to have a song right like they were absolutely I... yeah for yeah. for
0: any indentured servants whether it was right. you know African-American slaves or I mean you've seen Les Mis.
1: Sure, a time or two. Listen,
0: (laughs) you know, singing is a a good way to pass the time. Pass the Um, time
1: when you're doing this hard labor and just like trying to push through it. Absolutely. And especially
0: when you're trying to get through something difficult.
1: So hard. And
0: singing sort of praises and hymns is a way of coping.
1: You're just most likely sitting through someone's experience just on a different timeline, which...
0: And wow, I just wow, think it's wow. crazy. I mean, to have that experience, and what did he say? They were 11?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: 11-year-old boys don't sleep on their parents' floor. That was the part that
1: really stuck with me, of like, that is true, true fear when That's you have fear. to, you know, your Especially in drop front of your their pride. friend? Yes. You have your friend over spending the night, you know, I don't know if they were just usually are trying to feel cool. I feel like around that age, like, I don't need to go in there. And to sleep on your parents' floor means, oh, we were absolutely scared to death. There was no going back there at that point.
0: Yeah. And then to to get that photo popping up years later has got i mean i i had an experience like that once that i've talked about on the show so i won't tell the whole story but i remember opening that weird illinois book and seeing the thunderbirds of illinois and my oh, yes. heart just fucking went straight to my throat
1: i'm sure you almost feel sick yeah like, oh, wow. and i had
0: kind of forgotten about it i mean i wouldn't have like if someone had been like have you ever seen a giant bird that looked like a dinosaur i'd be like as a matter of fact
1: i did But <laughs> well yes i have
0: it wasn't something that I thought about often. I just sort of was like, well, that was a weird thing that happened that'll never be explained. And so when I saw it, it was like, <gasps> it was like I
2: couldn't breathe. And I'm sure he felt the same when he saw that picture pop up. I was like, well. Yeah, just like a punch to the gut. Like the wind is knocked out of you. But
1: also <sighs>
0: very validating.
1: Yes, I, I completely agree with that as well. It's shocking. You're going to be a little scared, you know, just of wow, wow, wow. So that was very real what I experienced. But also that moment of, Okay, I wasn't losing my mind I yeah. feel I feel very seen in this moment and understood. I feel very seen uh, yeah <laughs> but I yeah I truly can't imagine seeing that picture and just
0: oof my but thank you feed me ribs thank you for letting us tell your story and uh, make sure you guys check out shop
1: I literally am going to as soon as we hang up because I'm excited. <laughs> thank you for that story okay I'm finally going to jump into my long one okay. So this story comes from a listener and also an author of horror literature named Paul Caro. I literally
0: have his
2: book on my Kindle right now. Ashley has his book. The House, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the one one I have but he has a few, guys. We love him already for being a weirdo like us,
1: but Mm -hmm. also we love him because he has written one of the nicest reviews we've ever read in our entire lives. Truly. I want it tattooed
0: on my person. I I want it tattooed on my thigh.
1: I know. (laughs) We both were basically weeping at his words, so that was extra special. He has recently written a book called The Three, which recounts, you guessed it, Three of his most terrifying real life ghost experiences, oh. but also includes a couple teasers of some fictional horror stories that he is coming out with um, in the future, or have maybe been released somewhat recently. But yeah. he, I is... love how you
0: were like uh, his new book, The Three, which you guessed it, and I was like, I didn't guess it.
1: <laughs> maybe, I didn't guess it. Maybe it's not three? guessable.
0: <laughs> three, the <what>? Sanderson <laughs> Sisters,
1: <laughs>
2: Alvin and the Chipmunks
1: uh <laughs>
2: that's true it really so could be. so many have been three many first
1: I think I was more saying like you guessed it how many stories Scary is he gonna stuff. tell <laughs> three. <laughs> three it's three gonna be them. three of something <laughs> no but that is completely fair it could have been three monsters it could have been three anything um, he has three real-life ghost stories that are his personal experiences, but also they this book includes some fictional horror stories as well that are either coming out in the future or came out, you know, kind of around the same time. But he, uh, if you go to his website right now, you can get a little version of the three on your Kindle, or there's also a version called EPUB that you can get. And what I also love about Paul is when he wrote in telling us we could share one of his stories for our episode, he also very humbly and kindly said that he wasn't expecting any kind of promotion for his work, he just wanted to share, but... We love our weirdos and we love hyping people up when they are horror fanatics and amazing authors. So we do want to hype you up, Paul. Again, it is Paul Caro, C-A-R-R-O is the last name. Um, You can go to his website, paulcarohorror.com, P-A-U-L-C-A-R-R-O-H-O-R-R-O-R dot com. And you can order his book by getting on his mailing list or, you know, just read a lot about him. Find out where his other books are being sold. I feel like a few of them are on Amazon. They are rated very highly. All things horror related. Just check out Paul's website. So he said we should share, if we wanted to, one of the stories from his book. So I, of course, picked his Hollywood, California experience Yay! as my choice. I was like, hey, you have it. He used to live here. He does not anymore. It sounds okay. like he's back in Maine, his home state, but which also I'm like, oh, Stephen King. Isn't that where he mm-hmm. is? <laughs> Stephen King. Yeah. <laughs> are, are all the good horror writers from Maine? Okay. So he writes... It was early in my writing career. My friend and I attended a pitch festival in Hollywood, California. There was a specific producer attending that weekend who I expected to meet with to pitch a few ideas to. I went in with my good writer friend at the time, who I will call Rick. The event was was a weekend-long event held in a Hollywood hotel, which we will get to later. And also, he wanted to make aware he knew nothing about this hotel prior. He was just excited about the event says, I lived on the west side, probably only about 30 minutes away from the event. But the way tickets for the event worked was it was the same price, including a hotel, than it was without. So my friend and I just decided to book a shared room. So first, the layout of the room. It was an old hotel, and the doors to the rooms were significant and solid. Immediately upon entering the room, a long, narrow hall stretched out from the door. Midway down the hall on the left was the bathroom. Standard, nothing out of the ordinary, and beyond the hall, the space opened into room with two queen beds it was basic minimally furnished the two beds rested several feet apart from one another along the same wall across from one of the beds was a stand holding a tv and across from the other was a single chair cushioned very old school matched the age of the building and then across from the room closest to my bed was also the lone window and it was the window which caused me great concern because of crime in the area at the time I had recently purchased a brand new laptop for my movie writing career in which I had invested a large sum. You have to know, laptops were much pricier back then and one of the main targets of theft. Today, coffee shop patrons will abandon them, which is a nice, lovely change. But I only put this into perspective (laughs) to know that people now are likely to believe leaving a laptop unattended in public is no big deal. But I was very paranoid at the time. And I also struggled financially, so it was a huge investment. He then says, after our day at the seminar, we socialized, we, I enjoyed a drink back in the day, but at this time, my friend Rick did not drink at all, so we actually just stayed sober. Neither one of us indulged, and I say this to make clear that we were not drunk the night that this event occurred. Okay so we go to sleep that night rick's was the bed across from the tv and mine is across from that old chair that i mentioned earlier we had left the bathroom light on in case either of us had to get up in the middle of the night to go but the hall was so long you could not really see the bathroom light bleeding into the hotel room there was just kind of a tiny glow on a section of the wall across from the bathroom it was a great day of events we were tired we went right to sleep but at 3 a.m I awoke not only to the feeling I was being watched, but that literally someone's face was an inch above my own. I opened my eyes to total darkness, and even though it had only been a feeling, and despite my inability to see anything when I opened my eyes, I still maintained a sense that someone or something was in the room. My eyes adjusted, and then I noticed movement, which appeared to be near the foot of my bed, near my laptop on the floor. Immediately, that is where my mind went to. I assumed someone had broken in through the window and had my laptop, so I leaped out of bed and then I saw some movement, for sure, go across the hallway. I gave chase as someone was racing towards our door. I'm pretty fast and was out of bed quickly, chasing them down the hall. I saw their shadow pass along that beam of light across from the bathroom, getting just ahead of me, but I still could not make out who it was. I rushed past the bathroom and ran into the door, literally, only to find the chain was still locked from the inside. That meant the person had to have entered the bathroom. So turning back toward the bathroom door, knowing I now stood between a door and a burglar, I could have run out but did not want to leave Rick in danger. I also wanted to make certain that I did not lose my laptop. I slowly made my way into the bathroom. I peeked inside and nothing. The shower curtain was closed, and the only place that somebody could hide was, of course, in the shower. So just like the movies, I inexplicably moved towards it and yanked. Nothing. A shadow rushed past the bathroom light moments earlier, and of that I was certain. I was wide awake. I was not in a dream state. I backtracked to the window and my laptop and found everything perfectly intact. My eyesight now adjusted to the darkness and a little bit of light filtering in for being in the heart of Hollywood. I don't know why, but it never occurred to me to yell for Rick for help, and strangely, he never even stirred, even though I was running around the room and slammed into the door. I had to chalk it all up to paranoia about my laptop, and I just went back to bed. The next day, we got wrapped up in the events right away, and I had all but forgotten about the previous night. Once the event was finally over, however, I was ready for a drink, and we went to the bar. We got food, and I got a beer. As we talked about the course of events during the weekend, Rick told me a story from the night before that combined exactly with what I went through and made my blood go cold. You have to understand he does not share my love of horror movies nor of any ghostly things. And also I had not yet shared my version of events with him because I had forgotten and gone about my day. He said something had woken him up in the middle of the night, and he sat up to find a woman sitting in the chair at the end of my bed. He said she was sitting there watching me before she finally turned, noticed him watching, and got up and walked away. Like me, after I explained my part of the story, he said he could not explain why he did not wake me up, but he had to just brush it off and go back to sleep. That feeling I mentioned of being watched, I don't know why, but it did feel like a woman watching me. Like I said, what woke me up was not the feeling of her watching me from a distance, but of her leaning right over me and hovering just above my face. The bartender, overhearing us, he said that it was likely a ghost, as the hotel reputation was that of being haunted. He appeared unsurprised at our encounter and said things like, oh, that happens here all the time. The hotel was the Roosevelt Roosevelt! Hotel in Hollywood, California. I knew it. (laughs) Which Ashley and I would have gladly investigated if it weren't for COVID and life and just all the things. But it's, it's also definitely like crazy
0: busy all the time. And there's like no it way is. you could investigate it properly.
1: It would kind of be like our experience at the Culver Hotel, which normally would mm-hmm. have been great to investigate, but we were there during Christmas parties. <laughs> so it was so loud and happening. And that is exactly how the Roosevelt would be. You're right. But it has always been a dream to see if anything would happen there. And, uh, Paul truly said, he was like, Hey, I know it's a famous hotel, but like, I only knew that it was like a cool hotel to be at. You know, he had no idea there was actually a haunted history. So he, he didn't go in with any thing in his mind about seeing a ghost. He was just excited to be at a hotel, having a staycation, getting to pitch his ideas. It was all about the event. So he was very shocked when this happened and that it was confirmed by his partner, his friend, who also had no idea and hates ghost
2: stories. So something was definitely going on and it's very, very creepy. Wow. Yeah, I mean, when I say at the Roosevelt, I didn't know that it was um,
0: haunted. And I remember no. when I found out, I don't think anything happened, but when I did find out, that it was haunted i was like that that makes sense because i (laughs) fucking hated my room was fine it was me and my mom dad and my sister so like i you know i was always with someone i was never in there alone i never felt weird but i hated the hallway to the elevator and the elevator Mm, and there was like one staircase in the lobby, like the main staircase that takes you. I don't even remember. I just remember there being a staircase. I just I r- got really creeped out in those areas. And so like later when I read it, it was haunted. I was like,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That really checks no. out. That makes sense. I feel like that that's sense. like your experience at the Pantages when you went to the theater and you were like, oh, I feel God. sick. Like, I feel awful. I have to get out of here. And it was after the fact that you learned it was haunted. It's like, oh, thank goodness I'm well, i i thought
0: that was interesting because mind. especially when i learned like who was haunting it right and like the feelings that i got in there i was like yeah okay
1: yeah that yep. all fucking checks out that negative energy that feeling there. of wanting to be ill yeah it's like that oh that's some darkness And that's the thing is, I mean, besides thinking his laptop was going to get stolen, it didn't sound like either of them were sensing anything super sinister. And that's because, I mean, from what I could find out and what he's written about, nothing at the Roosevelt is like too scary, scary. I mean, there's some rumors here and there, but honestly- Yeah, honestly, a lot of it is, oh, it's probably just like old school, you know, old Hollywood. Yeah. Like the celebrities in their fur coats. And what he pointed out was uh, after him and his friend discussed it a little bit more, the friend said he believes, like from what he can remember, that it was a blonde. He said it was definitely an attractive woman and he thinks she was blonde. And Marilyn Monroe is known to haunt the Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, hey, did you have Marilyn at the foot of your bed? So anyway. All right. Well, Thank if you, anyone Paul. stays
2: at the
0: Roosevelt, we would like to hear your stories. Thanks.
1: Yes. Yeah, and if anyone has stayed there and is like, "Oh, I got a story for you." Please write in. Yeah, please course. add it to our collection. And go visit paulcarohorror.com to see more of his work and also to sign up for his mailing list and get The 3, which I just wrote a story which I <laughs> which I just read a story from. <laughs> So you can get a little more details on the Roosevelt story, but also read about his other haunts. It's a very interesting. And thank you, Paul, for listening to our show and yes. writing in.
0: And uh, if you couldn't tell we were struggling today, just a reminder, we are struggling today.
1: We're sleepy. <laughs> yeah, we're I have a toddler to <laughs> who runs the household. He wears he wears the pants here. He's the boss. Uh, he wears the pants and he shits in the pants. Ah, uh, He wears the pants and he shits in the pants. That's exactly right. And yeah, he's honestly my boss and he's rude. So,
0: Well, I love that that story was your last story because my next story has some similarities. This wild tale comes in from Don Knight, who lives in Florida.
2: And uh,
0: this one's uh, definitely another conversation starter. It mirrors an experience that I've had before. So that obviously strikes a chord, but it also leaves me with so many questions. Don says, I had a fight with my boyfriend. I left my home in Florida, and I went with a friend on a camping trip to North Carolina. One night in the tent, I began to doze off at about nine o'clock. As I was still awake but totally relaxed without opening my eyes, I seemed to open my mind's eyes, and there I saw my boyfriend sleeping in our bed at home in Florida. The bedside lamp was on, and he was dozing off lightly, almost in the same way I was he opened his eyes and he looked at me he was calm and just looked at me i seemed to be about two feet away and a foot or so above the bed in my mind i urged him silently not to move not to breathe not to get excited but of course shortly his eyes got really wide his mouth opened and he began to move excitedly and the entire scene vanished like a mist the next day I went to town and I phoned him and he picked up the phone and began to excitedly blurt out that he had seen me the night before in a quasi dreamlike state. I listened to him explain what he had seen. Then I made him explain it to me again, slowly. Then I made him explain it to me again, maybe five more times, and tell me every detail he could possibly remember of the entire event. What was behind my head? Was there any light on my face? What color was the light on my face? Uh, Could he see my eyes? Could he see whether or not there was anybody else in the tent with me? Etc. He confirmed that I was about two feet away from his head and seemed to be about a foot above the bed. This oh is one of about ten very strange experiences that have happened to me in my lifetime. Often, they seem to only happen when there are witnesses available. Due to the fact that, as a rationalist person, I would never believe them without these witnesses. Now, what? Mm-hmm. Don shared a couple more stories with me, and I, I tucked them away because I didn't have enough space in this episode. Because I definitely want
2: to share. Um, oh, their please other tuck them before. away. But. This. Wow, I'm kind of speechless because I
1: don't even understand exactly what was happening and how, like the outside eye was also seeing it well,
0: happen. It's almost as if they were astral was it projecting. Like a shared
1: dream?
2: No, oh. it's because they
0: weren't asleep. They were right both right. aware that they were falling asleep. And just the fact that, like, they were able to see each other from the exact same, like, kind of position, it almost seems like Don had Astral projected to their boyfriend. And I wonder if it's, you know, you know, they had just had a fight. I guarantee that was on Don's mind. And, you know, there might even have been a part of him that, like, really wanted to be with
2: their boyfriend? Right. Yeah. It's just wild. I, it's really
1: wild. I do think astral projection is the best theory. I was sitting over here like, were they having a shared dream and they didn't realize they'd fully passed out? But no, I, I, and I'm I, just weirded out. The fact <laughs> that, I can't like, imagine seeing that.
0: As soon as he got excited, the image sort of faded away. It almost seems right. like the connection was lost. Yeah. And this is something that I've talked about before about how... I get sort of like messages-ish, voices. I, things happen to me as I'm falling asleep at night where like things will pop into my head that I've been told, and it definitely seems this way, but I've been told have been like, you know, uh, sort of psychic abilities of yeah. mine. It's,
1: it seems like you're And when dreams.
0: I listen to them, when I try and tune into them, I lose the connection it's almost Mm. as if because i don't know how to do it so it's almost as if this person accidentally (laughs) astral projected and as soon as you know they they realized what they were doing they started to focus on it and it then it dropped the connection
1: dropped yeah interesting see i need you with the prophetic dreams to help me out with these things because i'm sitting over here like how on earth and what would i do but
0: well, and it also reminded me of that time I saw my Aunt Donna's face and how she... I will never forget that. But she was passed at the time. She had been yeah. she had been dead for years. So I it's a little bit different. But when I saw her and she saw that I saw her, I could see her get excited. And I could see her start, you know, being more animated and talking. But there was no sound.
1: Mm, right.
0: So it's a little bit different, but kind of the same... Situation and the fact that my yeah. sister then was like, I saw her too.
1: It was like,
2: <laughs> What? When
1: she confirmed <laughs> it, I was like, Well, okay, I have
2: All to right. exit now. This is oh gosh, wow, that is quite an experience! Thank you, Dawn. Thank you, Dawn. All right, this
1: is my final story. Ooh. It is from a Reddit user that I was chatting with named Clandestine Birch. Love it. What a name um clandestine birch says when i was seven or eight years old i was at my grandmother's house for christmas and was playing hide and seek with some of my cousins for context the house was big a worn down victorian house that had been moved from its original location to the plot of land my grandmother now owned i know it was very cold and drafty especially in certain rooms and the upstairs where we were playing consisted of four bedrooms three of which opened to a large landing, and one of which was down a long hall. Most of us, along with our immediate families, were staying the night, but for some reason, no one ever stayed in that fourth room when we would visit. As a child, I always thought it was my grandfather's room. He died about 10 years prior to my birth, but in hindsight, I'm not sure why. As far as I know, that wasn't true, and certainly no one ever told me it was. Anyway, it was around 8 p.m., and it was my turn to count and of course the person counting went into the separate room to do so. I sat on this fourth bedroom bed, I closed my eyes, and I counted to twenty. When I opened my eyes, it was light out. It was morning. I'd close my eyes at night, I'd counted to twenty, and somehow twelve hours had passed. What? Of course, the immediate thought is that, oh, maybe I just fell asleep. But I will refute that with three points. First, Why didn't my cousins come get me when I failed to come seek them? Second, it was cold in that house, and we would sleep multiple people to a bed under several blankets, at least one of which was usually electric. I can't imagine sleeping through the night in that kind of cold without some kind of covering. And third, there's no way that my parents wouldn't have bothered to come find me before they went to sleep. And when they did find me, they wouldn't have just left me there, especially without a blanket, pajamas, whatever. I can't tell you what happened. Maybe I had some sort of strange memory lapse that just happened to begin and end in the same location. Maybe the simulation just lagged. Maybe I really did skip 12 hours. But all I can say for sure is that something happened that night, and I have never been able to explain it.
0: Well, did
2: they ask?
1: Yes, again, it's like follow up. I have some questions. Um <laughs> no, this this user did go on to say that uh like it was never a conversation. The parents were like nope, you went to bed as normal. The cousins were like everything was fine. We just played hide and seek. Like nobody thought that anything was strange or that anything had happened. So it seems like to the rest of the world, the hide-and-seek game continued, and everyone went to sleep as normal. Like, there were no hiccups to anybody else. And when Clandestine Birch was telling this story to everyone, it was more like, ha-ha, very funny, you were dreaming. Like, it was just shrugged off. And to this day, they have no clue what happened.
0: Man, I mean, you know, the, so, stuff like that does happen. It's super rare, but there are, like, fugue states where you but usually you would be acting weird though you know you would be like i don't know who i am or where i'm at
1: yes it's like okay if there was this you know weird state that you were in or if we're going with the theory of like oh you just jumped time i would think that that version of you that existed before you know like the time jump the glitch in the simulation wouldn't that version of you kind of look zombie like and out of it or like do the did that version of you act like themselves while you were jumping time? I think that's what I can't or wrap my head around. And I'm so curious. The about
0: spirit of your great grandpa. Was it your great grandpa? Great.
1: I think just grandpa. Oh,
0: grandpa?
2: Maybe he took huh. over your body because he wanted to remember what it was like to be a kid. <sighs> to be a kid playing hide and seek, mm-hmm. Ashley. Well, that's like the sweetest theory that there yeah. could be. Well, you know, aside from the whole <laughs> possession thing. Yeah. Well, you know,
0: then there's that. <laughs> Aside from the whole violating that. my human
1: rights uh, thing. Yeah, that'll happen, you
2: yeah. <laughs> know. Uh, wow. Uh, no consent. Um, yeah. Well. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Miss Birch. Thank you, clandestine
0: Birch. This story, uh, my next story actually comes to us, and I am so sorry. I, t- I do have two more. I had six stories, not five. I apologize. But they're both How dare short. you. I know. <laughs> this story comes from us from a Reddit user as well. Their Reddit username is Apprehensive Soup73.
1: Wow, another great one. This
0: is a short one, but it's one of my absolute favorites, and it has sent me down a very long rabbit hole. I've pretty much read exclusively about NDEs for the last week and a half. So oh, I good. am going to tell the story and then we can chat about some of the details. So Oh, I can't wait. Apprehensive Soup 73 says. I gave birth to my son in 2014 at 29 weeks due to a deadly pregnancy complication called HELP syndrome. That's H E L L P syndrome. My kidneys, okay. liver, and pancreas were shutting down, and I was slipping out of this reality. I lost my vision due to a complication of pancreatitis called Percher's retinopathy, and I was completely blind for a few months. My vision did slowly return, but only about half of it. It felt like I was walking the tightrope between worlds, and the overwhelming peace and love I felt from the other side was inexplicable. I could suddenly see everything very clearly, and my vision was 360, not like human vision, but I could see the hospital room at all angles. I saw two beings that I initially believed were angels, but have come to realize, with much research, that they were likely spirit bodies, specifically the spirit body of one of my nurses and of my husband. The nurse's spirit would appear out of what looked like the fabric of space-time before she walked into the room. It was a beautiful pure white that appeared to fold into existence with multiple wing-like protrusions from a center point. My husband's looked and functioned the same but his was very colorful and made of colors I cannot describe because they don't exist in our reality. My son and I both survived, and I've gotten a lot of crazy looks over the years when I tell my experience. It certainly was life changing. Yeah. My
1: word. I'm sure. My. My goodness. Word.
0: Duh. NDEs, for anyone who isn't sure, stands for near death experiences. And the cool thing about Indie is the amount of people that have them and the amount of similarities
2: that they experience. I was just about to say, the way that they all connect is what really blows Mm -hmm. my mind. And actually, I have a lot to
0: talk about when it comes to Indies and light beings. And I was curious if you'd be interested in next week's episode being about near-death experiences.
1: Yes, please. Oh my gosh, I would happily (sighs) talk about that, truly. Well then, listeners, I I
0: don't want to be a tease. I just feel like I have way too much to say about this. And there are so many fascinating stories that I'd love to devote an entire hour or two to that subject. So
1: tune in next great. week okay. for Apprehensive yeah.
0: <laughs> Soup. Thank you so much for that story. I'll probably tell it again next week to give a yeah. little refresh. Recap. We need and a little recap. And also,
1: what? it's a great story. It's a,
0: an amazing it. story. One, I'm so glad that you survived that. That's terrifying. True. And that your son survived it too. But I'm also yeah. like, how lucky that you got to experience that.
1: Yeah, something that many people do not ever get to experience no not like that not until
0: they're they're so literally unique. passing away and then you know they get to go on right. to that other world but you got to come Whatever back to that
2: us
1: may be. yes wow. yes also we're so happy that you and your son are alive and thank you for having a great username once again everyone's just Everyone's just killing it really killing it apprehensive <laughs> soup
0: <laughs> this final storyteller has chosen to remain anonymous so i'm going to call them stretch
2: bandicoot they had (laughs) i haven't heard bandicoot in so long loved crash bandicoot
1: back in the day
0: they had an incredible and mysterious event that they say they owe their life to and this story raised so many good questions for me that i can't wait to ask you you lauren and you listeners after i read it so stretch bandicoot says I had a few experiences as a child, but nothing that I couldn't explain away as something else. One day though, when I was living on my own, I had a sudden urge to take my dog for a walk. It was midnight, not the best idea, seeing as I am a short girl, (laughs) but whatever, I decided (laughs) to do it. it. (laughs) I wasn't gonna go far. And as I'm walking back, I have to cross this dirt bridge about a minute or two away from where I lived. And I saw someone standing in the middle of this bridge. He was illuminated by a streetlight behind him, but it was just an absolute solid black silhouette. But I knew it was a man. He was extremely tall, wearing a long trench coat and a long brimmed hat, like those mysterious figures standing in the background in movies. When I saw him, I knew I should stop. Now, I have a bad anxiety issue join the club. Like, I can't even walk near wall-mounted TVs because I'm scared that they'll fall on me. So being... Right? Same. So being out that late at night itself was weird, but what was weirder is that I wasn't scared. I was so calm, and I knew this was something I should be scared of, but I couldn't even force myself to be wary. He was not there to hurt me, but I couldn't look away. Eventually, the need to stand still passed and I started walking again and he disappeared. Again, weird, but my brain just went to, this is fine. I'm coming around the corner and some neighbors are standing there like, oh my god, did you see the shooting? And I'm like, what? And I spot the road name and a yield sign laying in the road and three cars smashed together. This bridge was at most one minute away, and I could see my house from that bridge. So I was like, when did this happen? And they said, oh, just like one minute ago. They were freaking out. I stood on that bridge while this was happening. Even on the farthest part of this walk, I was close enough to hear gunshots and hadn't brought or used any headphones. So it wasn't that I was like listening to music and couldn't hear this. But when I was on that bridge in full view of my house, as it literally happened outside my house, and I mean, it would've been my car in that three car smash, except I was lazy earlier and decided instead of parallel parking to just park on the other side of the street. And I saw and heard nothing. I did not hear or see the car take down the street sign. I did not hear or see the car smash into the other one so hard it took three tow trucks to pull them apart, where there is still parts in the road over a year later. I did not hear the three confirmed by police fired gunshots. I did not see or hear the gunmen shouting afterwards that six different neighbors heard. No one was hurt, and the guys were never found, but I still do not understand how I missed this happening when I was on that bridge. Because I know when I was coming up to that bridge, I was literally telling my dog, look, we're almost home. Pointed out our house, and everything was normal. Something happened that night that probably saved my life, and I am not one to look a gift horse in the mouth, so I'm not questioning it. And I like
2: that attitude. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) It's like, you know what? Thank you very yeah, much. We're not. I'm just gonna say I, a thank you. I'm not gonna uh, look into it so anymore. Much. We're and all, we're just, all gonna just gonna say move
1: on. thanks and bow out of this one. Um, yeah, honestly great attitude throughout about everything of just like, yeah, this feels right. I'm gonna do it. Going yeah. with your gut and then just being grateful at the end of it all, like I'm obsessed. So many
0: things came also, to my wow. mind like at first the urge to walk your dog when you know it's not a normal time that you walk your dog. Like why leave the house at all? You know what I mean? Like what yeah. what was that? Like why why was what that was the making urge? making you
2: leave the house? Yeah. yeah.
0: And so my main question is for my spirituality people if soul contracts are real, soul agreements, soul contracts, whatever you choose to call them, or even this can be asked of religious folks too. You know, everything happens yeah, for a, a reason. Angel? God's plan, fate, guardian angels. If those things exist, how do events like this exist as well?
1: Right, like divine intervention,
0: like you, or or if something intervening. If this
1: listener was spared, but then why did this awful? Why did it happen to begin Right. Why did this actually happen? And what was the reason for this one person being spared, but the other people not? That's something I'll never understand either.
0: Yeah. And I kind of just like, why do people have stories related to being like given information before something happens to save their lives or to stop a car crash or blah, 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 blah. Like, was it in our plan or our contract that we would have this experience
1: And why have to go through this for some reason in order to get to the next step or to be turned down the right road? If you're thinking of it as you know your journey, I don't. I'm very curious, and I know that we have some very spiritual listeners who might have you know a take on this. Yeah, because I I'm kind of in between on all
0: all that stuff. I'm not a person who's like I believe in soul contracts. I believe in fate. I believe everything that's supposed to happen is will happen. Like. Sometimes I do. Like, sometimes things work out in such ways that I'm like, it couldn't have worked out any other way. It's kind of wild. Sure. But, like, yeah, this is where it, I don't understand. Like, did something get messed up somewhere? So someone had to be sent right. to, like, correct it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Somebody know? had to intervene in some way. Yeah. Like, a, like, oh, this isn't going how it's supposed to. Like so. the show
0: Loki on Disney Plus. Yes. Like, is it something yes. like that? Like, Ugh. I'm just interested yes. in the take of. Which was. Religious people, so like Christians and the like, and the people on the other side, like spirituality people, what right. you have to say about things like this? Because I'm I'm interested in learning more.
1: We we are genuinely interested. We have questions.
2: Please share please with us. Please answer them. And
1: what a group of stories what a group of we stories
2: they it. were all so good. Thank you so much, <sighs> um, Stretch Bandicoot. <laughs> yeah (laughs) for allowing me to tell your story i'm glad you're with us i'm glad you're still here man i know that's scary it's very scary but yeah again it
1: felt like with like those last two stories it was like wow so happy that you're with us Mm -hmm. and
2: something was going on something was watching out for you through yes
0: but that is all the time we have this week for keep it weird thank you so much for joining us and listening to our show and join us next week As we dive into more near death experiences,
1: I feel like I can't wait. I'm excited.
0: We'll tell some barely believable tales. We'll look into the skeptics' understanding of what's taking place during death. And we'll see if we can't find some irrefutable evidence that NDEs really happened and it wasn't Mm -hmm. just made up in our dying brains. That's my homework (laughs) for this week. Can't wait to dive in. If you have had a near death experience, please write us at keepitweirdpodcast at gmail.com with the subject near death in the subject line so we can tell your story on next week's episode.
2: Please. Once
0: again, please consider donating to our show at slash keepitweirdpodcast. We've made sure to totally pack our Patreon with some sweet swag so that your spending is worth your while. You can donate a dollar to our show and get a shout out on an episode. You can donate $5 to to our show and get a shout out plus a monthly newsletter plus a bonus episode or two plus a Mm -hmm. discount on merch or you can donate $10 to our show and get all of that plus one more full length episode every single month. It is Love a it. pretty sweet deal, and we can't tell you how much we appreciate those of you who have chosen to give us your hard-earned money in exchange for all of the content that we create for you.
2: Thank you. You can also
0: support our show by heading to www.keepitweirdpodcast.com slash merch to get yourself a t-shirt, tank top, hoodie, or tote bag to wear around town and get people asking about the show. Or... Mm-hmm. You can follow us on social media at Keep It Weirdcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to stay up to date with what we're doing, and also participate in Witchy Wednesday, Tarot Tuesday, Eventually Medium Monday,
2: and so much more. Oh <laughs> uh, gosh, our show is gosh, great. our show we is have real all. great, and <laughs> our sign off today great team. is um, uh, uh, something we uh, um,
0: surely had planned.
2: Maria Maria yeah. just, <laughs> I was trying to
1: think of a connection that we you had. We only... have a
0: scary ghost story.
1: Hey, there she goes. You need to tell Amy to watch that <laughs> because large you just at the Hollywood
2: Roosevelt. <laughs> You're extra projecting just like a movie star. <laughs> <laughs> Maria Maria. Maria.
0: Um, so, you're welcome for that.
2: And keep it weird. Keep it weird.
0: <laughs> check, one, two, one, two, one, two. Check, check, one, two, one, two. This is Ashley recording her audio for Listener Ghost Stories. I got to pull up my notes. And pray to God
2: that I can stay awake through this episode. God.